When storms arise in life, your natural instinct likely isn't one of gratitude. But maybe it should be, especially when the storms bring you closer to God. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah continues to unpack the truths of Romans 8.28, which should prompt believers to be thankful even in the times of trouble. Here's David with the conclusion of his message, The Greatest Promise in the Bible. And thank you for joining us today. I'm David Jeremiah, and we're talking about the eighth chapter of the book of Romans. We've called this series the greatest chapter in the Bible. And today, we're finishing up a two-part discussion of the greatest verse in the greatest chapter. And this is Romans 8:28. You know it. You may not remember how it fits into the Scripture or what its address is. But this is the verse that says, All things work together for good to those who love the Lord. And I suppose during this pandemic season, this verse has been cited more than usual because so many things are happening that have never happened before, so many unprecedented moments in our lives. And it's just encouraging to know that while these seem to be isolated, unconnected, uh, sometimes uh, wondersome events, they're not that way with God. God sees the end from the beginning, and one of the things we're learning in this particular lesson is there is a synergism to all of this. God takes all the various parts he puts them together. We don't know what he's doing, but when it's all done and we can look back over our shoulder and see it, we realize that God has been in control all of the time. So once we know that, we can trust him even when things are happening we don't understand. And uh, that's, I think, one of the great promises. Hey, during this month of uh, study in Romans 8, we're making available an incredible uh, journal to encourage you to do something you've probably never done, and that is to write out the Scripture in your own handwriting. This journal enables you to do that, and if you will just take a few minutes every day, you can write the entire book of Romans and have your own handwritten copy in a beautiful, hardback-bound edition. We're going to do this through the other books of the Bible. In fact, we're working right now on Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, which will be in one volume, and one day... The Lord willing, we all live long enough and work hard enough, we'll look up and see a lot of the New Testament that we have written in our own handwriting. You wonder why you do this? You just try it. You remember what you've written. We all know that writing something out emblazons it on your mind. And so take the advantage. When you send your gift to Turning Point during the month of November, ask for your copy of the Romans Journal and uh, be surprised when you get started doing it. Well, this is part two of Romans 8.28, the greatest promise in the Bible. Randy Alcorn says this. He says, do you see the difference between saying each thing by itself is good and all things work together for good? Think about it. The difference is tremendous. This verse does not tell me I should say it is good if my leg gets broken or my house burns down or I'm robbed and beaten or my child dies. But it does say that God will use these events and weave them together with every other facet of my life in order to produce what he knows to be the very best for me. What a tremendous promise that is. It's a definite promise, and we know. It's a divine promise that God works. It's a definitive promise. He works all things. Now, here's the one that I think is the best of all and most important that we understand it's a dynamic promise, all things together for good. 
Say that with me. Together for good. Do you ever know the frustration of putting together a puzzle that's above your pay grade? Well, let me tell you about the world's hardest jigsaw puzzle. Designed by the Japanese manufacturer Beverly, priced at just $30, the puzzle isn't difficult because it has so many pieces. It's 1,000 pieces pales in comparison to the world's largest monster, a 551,232-piece monster that features a lotus flower and six petals. (laughs) No, the puzzle is difficult because it consists of just one single color of black. It's almost impossible to determine how the pieces fit together. Adding an extra layer of frustration, the company claims its 1,000 micro-sized puzzle pieces are the world's smallest, suitable only for the nimblest of fingers. How difficult is the puzzle? Well, one puzzle expert said it took him 17 months to complete just half of the puzzle. Please don't go buy this puzzle and send it to me. You all know I love to do puzzles. I'm not interested in this one. One man described the puzzle as the devil reincarnated in an inanimate object. Now, why is that so? Why is that different than any other puzzle? Well, there's no pattern. There's no structure. There's no way to even have a clue as to how the pieces might fit together. When you are clueless about the pieces of a puzzle, frustration abounds. The same is true in life. Few things can frustrate us more than when we can't see or understand how the pieces of our lives fit together. Some of you here today are trying to figure out, what is God doing right now in my life? How is what's happening to me? How does that fit into God's plan for my life? And sometimes if the problems are serious and you're trying to sort them out, it can really keep you up at night. But Paul uses an interesting expression to describe how God is working in our behalf. He says that all things work together, and he uses a Greek word. I don't use a lot of Greek words, but this is an important one. The Greek word is soon ergeo, soon ergeo. And the word comes from the word from which we get synergism. Sooner get, oh, synergism. Now, let me just remind you, since you probably have forgotten this from your school days, that synergism is the working together of various elements to produce an effect that's greater than and often completely different from the sum of each element if they were acting separately. Now, I know that's a long statement, but let me say it again. Synergism is the working together of various elements to produce an effect that's greater than and often completely different from the sum of each element acting separately. In the physical world, the right combination of otherwise harmful chemicals can produce substances that are extremely beneficial. I'll give you a simple illustration. Ordinary table salt is composed of two poisons, sodium and chlorine. But when you put it together, it's salt. And you've got to have it for your french fries. <laughs> now, once again, it's important to point out that Romans 8.28 is not saying that things will just work together. It is saying that God causes this synergism to happen so that everything will ultimately and somehow work out for our good, for your good. God is the one who is stirring the mix. 
God is the one who is making this happen. When I was young, said Randy Alcorn, I used to help my mother bake delicious cakes. Before she made a cake, she would lay out each of the ingredients on the kitchen counter. One day he said, I decided to try an experiment. I decided I was going to taste each one of the individual ingredients to a chocolate cake. Think about it. Have you ever tasted baking powder? How about baking soda? The flour was horribly bland, and I won't try to describe the raw egg. Even the semi-sweet chocolate tasted terribly bitter compared to the sweet milk chocolate I was used to eating. To sum it up, almost everything that goes into a cake tastes terrible by itself. The striking thing was that when my mother mixed it all together in the right amounts, placed it in the oven, and then laid it out to cool, an amazing thing took place. The cake was delicious. Isn't that something? While the individual ingredients tasted terrible, the final product tasted terrific. If I would have judged the whole cake on the basis of the individual ingredients, I would never have believed it could be good. So do you see the analogy to Romans 8:28? The individual ingredients of trials and apparent tragedies that come into our lives are neither delicious nor desirable. In fact, at first taste, they are often very bland and even bitter. But God, Randy Alcone calls him the master baker, <laughs> but God is capable of carefully measuring out, mixing up these ingredients in order to produce a final product that is for our very best. Until you have seen this work in your life or experienced it, it's hard to believe it's true, but it's true. And if you live long enough and walk with the Lord, you'll be able to, even in this life, look back over your shoulder and see, oh, so that's what that was all about. This is a definite promise, and we know. It's a divine promise that God works it's a definitive promise. He works all things. It's a dynamic promise together for good. And it's a defined promise. Watch this. To those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, this is one of the most absolute verses in all of the Bible. We are absolutely to know that absolutely all things work absolutely together for absolute good. It's absolutely wonderful. But now comes the part that's not absolute. Listen carefully. This promise does not apply to absolutely everyone. This is a precondition that must be met before this promise does its work. The Bible says this promise that I have just explained and we have just outlined belongs to a certain group of people. Who are those people? Those who love God. Those who love God. It's the fraternity pin of the believer. How do you describe a believer? He's a person who loves God. I have been totally blessed at how many times we as believers are described in the Bible simply as those who love God. What a great name for believers. We're God lovers. Are you a God lover? Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him. Psalm 145, verse 20 says, The Lord preserves all who love him. 
1 Corinthians 2.9 says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. 1 Corinthians 8.3, but if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. Let me ask you a question. Do you love God? Somebody say, well, I know God. I know about God. I'm here because I know about God. But do I love him? Uh, Come on, pastor. Does anybody really love God? I mean, how can you love somebody you can't even see? The Bible teaches us how to love God. And it describes what we do when we love God. The Bible says if we love him, we will keep his commandments. Are you walking in fellowship with God? You know, if you're married, your partner has every reason to be able to look at your life and see if any elements that would make your partner believe that you love her or him. There should be evidence every day. I told you before that one of the great secrets to marriage is to develop a servant spirit and try to figure out what your mate wants you to do and do it before they ask you. Isn't that a great thought? I mean, some of you are thinking, oh my goodness, I never thought of that. What are you going to do if you don't have anybody ragging on you all the time? <laughs> what would it be like if you looked at God that way? Do you love God? Are you trying to do what you believe God wants you to do before you're apparently aware that he's watching? Are you loving God in your life? Do you love God? What I'm asking you today is, are you a Christian? Because a Christian loves God. That's the view from our perspective. Christians love God. Here's the view from God's perspective. God says we are the called according to his purpose. We love him because he called us. Those who love God are described as those who are called into salvation by Almighty God. Because God has called us and we are his children, the incidents in our lives are not incidental. Did you know that? We are God's children. The trials of our lives are not trivial. When you look at what's going on in your life, God is up to something. He has called you. You love him. You're in this relationship, and God is working in your life. He's working all things together. He's stirring the mix so that what happens in your life is for his glory and for your good. He is using even setbacks to advance your spiritual maturity. Some of the things that you think are the most negative may be the most productive. Isn't that interesting? Elizabeth Elliot once told a story of visiting a British sheep farm one day when the shepherd was treating his flock for parasites. The shepherd would herd the sheep into a small enclosure and then one by one pick up the sheep and throw them into a vat filled with chemical disinfectant. If the sheep tried to escape, the shepherd hooked him with a rod and dunked him back in, holding down their nose, eyes, and ears for a few seconds below the liquid. Elliot said, what must the sheep have been thinking when all this was happening? Probably something like, I thought the shepherd cared. He's trying to kill me. What is he trying to do? And yet the shepherd, had he not been doing that, the sheep couldn't understand what was going on. But without that disinfectant, that sheep would have been miserable and possibly even dead. What seemed like such a terrible thing to undergo ended up being life-giving life-saving. Romans 8.28 reminds us that God has a plan that is better than ours. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to us, but it is always for our good if we love God and are the called according to his purpose.
That's Romans 8, 28. Let me give you three things to take home with you from this verse that I feel very strongly about. First of all, I am determined to trust God. Because of Romans 8, 28, Isaiah says, For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will do it. In theory, it is easy to understand this promise that all things work together for good. It's easy to understand it. But to get this into our bloodstream is another matter. It's one of the most difficult tasks for the practicing Christian. Here's what it is. It's not only believing in God, but it's believing God. Do you believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. No, no, that's not the question. Do you believe God? God said what we have been talking about today. Do you believe that? There will not be anything that you and I will face in the years ahead that will surprise God. He has already told me that all things are under his control. So I choose not to live my life out of fear of what bad thing might happen to me, but out of faith in what great thing could happen to me. And this is not reckless, fearless living. This is radical, faithful living. And I've made my choice. If Romans 8, 28 is true, I am determined to trust God and not live in fear. Number two, I'm determined to thank God. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. Recently in my reading, I've come across a lot of guys who are suggesting keeping a blessing journal. That's not a bad thing to do. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done, says the writer of hymns. So we should be thankful for all that God is doing. As we watch him work in our lives, we may not understand it all, but we can learn to be thankful for what God is doing in our lives. And don't forget even to be thankful for the difficult things. I'm going to give you a little statement that I read this week and tell you kind of a little funny story about this because I ran into this statement in a book, and here's the statement attributed to Charles Spurgeon. Here's what he said. He said, learn to kiss the wave that throws you against the rock of ages. You stop and think about that. That's a really profound thought. So I wanted to find out where this was. I traced it down to the back of the book, and in the back of the book, here's what I found. This comes from a book about Spurgeon, and the title of the book is All the Things Spurgeon Did Not Say. So I don't know if he said it or not. I don't know who said it. I think he said it, but I don't know if he said it. But somebody said it, and whoever said it said a good thing. Isn't that right? Learn to kiss the wave that throws you against the rock of ages. In other words, whatever God uses to bring you back into fellowship with himself, whatever God uses to make your relationship with God deeper than it was before, how many of you know that when we go through stuff in life, it often draws us closer to the Lord? Whoever said this, whether it be Spurgeon or someone else, learn to kiss the wave that throws you against the rock of ages. Be thankful for what God is doing in your life. And then last, I'm determined to trust God, to thank God, and to test God. Here's a word from John Piper. He said, if you live inside this massive promise, your life is more solid and stable than Mount Everest. Nothing can blow you over when you are inside the walls of Romans 8.28. Outside of Romans 8.28, all is confusion and anxiety and fear and uncertainty. Outside of this promise, 
future grace, you see straw houses of drugs and alcohol and numbing TV and dozens of futile diversions. There are slat walls and tin roofs of fragile investment strategies and fleeting insurance coverage and trivial retirement plans. Outside of Romans 8.28 are a thousand substitutes for this promise. But once you walk through the door of love into the massive, unshakable structure of Romans 8.28, everything changes. There comes into your life stability and depth and freedom. You simply can't be blown over anymore. Something happens in your life that you didn't expect and that you don't know what to do with. You just say, all things work together to those who love God. I don't understand it, but I believe it. I read this week about a man named Bernard Gilpin. He was a Christian hero during the age of Martin Luther. He was an outspoken evangelist in the British Isles, and he was often referred to as the Apostle to the North. And to those in his own congregation, he was known as the Romans 828 man, because every time he turned around, he was using this passage of Scripture, and he preached on it all the time. They just ended up calling him the Romans 828 man. That's not a bad title. One day during his travels, he broke his leg in an accident. And someone mockingly asked if his broken leg would turn out for his good. They were teasing him. Yes, Gilpin replied vigorously, all things, all things, all things. And so his broken leg delayed his trip to London, where the queen, Bloody Mary, had determined to place him on trial because of his preaching. By the time he was able to resume his journey, the news came that Mary had died. So Gilpin was saved from almost certain martyrdom, and he lived to serve the Lord with renewed freedom for another 25 years. When he broke his leg, he had no idea what God was up to. But looking back, he realized it was a part of the plan of God to give him additional years of ministry. So this quote is definitely from Charles Haddon Spurgeon, and it's not in that book of things Spurgeon didn't say. It's a tremendous reminder of all that we've talked about today, so listen carefully. Everything that happens to you is for your own good. If the waves roll against you, it only speeds your ship toward the port. If lightning and thunder comes, it clears the atmosphere and promises your soul's health. You gain by loss, you grow healthy in sickness, you live by dying, and are made rich in loss. Could you ask for a better promise? It is better that all things should work for my good than all things should be as I wish them to have been. All things might work for my pleasure and yet might not be for my good. If all things do not always please me, they always benefit me. This is the best promise in the Bible. This is the best promise in life. And as we close this message, let's read this verse out loud, shall we? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are the called according to His purpose. Amen. Amen. Don't forget where that verse is. In fact, uh, in, in case you have a forgetful uh, spirit, why don't you put it where you can never forget it, in your memory bank, 
And then every time you need it, you'll be able to call it up and be reminded of God's wonderful sovereignty in your life. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about salvation's golden chain from Romans eight twenty nine to 30. Once again, just one great verse after another in the eighth chapter of Romans. And uh, we have a study guide for this series. If you'd like to go back and review Romans 8, there are eight lessons, and they're all um, in the study guide with all kinds of helpful information to make it come alive for you. The study guide is available from davidjeremiah.org. Go to that website and you can order the study guide. And if you want the CD package that goes with it, uh, that's available as well. And that will help you if you want to share this information in a small group or just for your own personal inspiration. I hope you'll do that. Don't forget to join us tomorrow right here in this good station as we take our next step in the 8th chapter of Romans. This is Salvation's Golden Chain tomorrow right here on Turning Point. The message you just heard originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and senior pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. If Turning Point is making a difference in your life, let us know. Write to Turning Point for God of Canada. P.O. Box 18098 Delta BC V4L2M4 Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300 Ask for your copy of Romans The Written Word Journal designed by David to help you know God's Word more deeply. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard New International and New King James versions available in your choice of handsome cover options. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series Romans 8 here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Are you looking for an effective tool for studying the scriptures? Dr. David Jeremiah has created an incredible new resource to help you do just that. The Bible tells us again and again to write down God's Word, and it's a practice that has personally transformed my study of scripture. That is why I have created the first, the Written Word Journal, so that you can join me in this powerful practice. I promise you, as you follow God's command to copy Scripture by hand, your study of God's Word will be stronger than ever. Here's more. This journal helps you create your own copy of Paul's letter to the Romans. On one side, you'll write selections from Romans word for word. On the other side, you'll record your thoughts, reflections, and prayers. When you donate any amount to support Turning Point, the written word journal is yours. If you give $60 or more, you'll receive the Romans 8 set, including this teaching series on CD or DVD and study guide. Order the book or the complete set at davidjeremiah.ca. Take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible. Then continue the adventure with monthly audio adventures on airshipgenesis.com. Plus, download the Airship Genesis mobile game, where kids will travel back in time to the life of Jesus. Blast off with the young one in your life at airshipgenesis.com. Winston Churchill, England's famous prime minister, was one of history's most eloquent and persuasive speakers. To educate oneself in eloquence, he recommended reading books of quotations from great speakers and thinkers. 
quotations Churchill said when engraved upon the memory give you good thoughts. Good thoughts are certainly a worthy goal, but reading a different set of quotations can result not only in good thoughts, but something greater as well. The psalmist wrote, God's word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against him. Only God's words are living and powerful and accomplish the goal of making us holy. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover the power of God's words on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.